0: Welcome to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We're all new for 2023 and featuring a wide mix of variety shows from the golden age of radio to include comedy, music, drama, cop shows, and much more. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. For those of you looking for nonstop suspense and sci-fi, we offer 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner. That's 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner. Your best friend on the road or when you just want some real suspenseful drama. Just think Escape, Suspense, 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner. Meanwhile, 1001 Radio Days will be bringing back some memories along with some great entertainment every Wednesday and Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And now our show
1: with an official parody prices for fine tobacco LSMFT LSMFT lucky strike means fine tobacco tobacco that's smooth mild and mellow. But take the word of an expert, a man like Mr. C.B. Smith of Danville, Virginia, for 30 years, an independent tobacco buyer. Recently, he said, I've spent my entire life in the tobacco business, and I can tell good tobacco at a glance. And year after year, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, real-quality leaf. I've smoked Luckies myself for 29 years. And Mr. Smith is only one of many experts who smoke Luckies. For a recent survey reveals that more independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen, Smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. So take a tip from the experts. For your own real deep-down smoking enjoyment, light up a truly finer cigarette, Lucky Strike. Remember, luckies pay more, millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. Good reason to make your next carton Lucky Strike.
2: The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, last Sunday, Jack Benny did his first broadcast of the season. Of the entire half hour, Jack was only on for four minutes. This week, he's going to try for eight. And here he is, Jack Benny.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, I don't want to sound like a ham, but I think it was awful that on our opening program last week, I was only on for four minutes. Well, Jack, you may be
2: interested to know that letters have been pouring in commenting on your brief appearance. Really, Don? What did do they say? Life can be beautiful
4: <laughs> Don, uh,
3: Don, I suppose you thought that was pretty funny,
2: huh? <laughs> oh, yes, I did, Jack As a matter of fact, I made that up myself <laughs> Oh, you,
3: uh... You made it up yourself,
2: huh? Yeah <laughs> Uh...
4: Don,
3: excuse me a minute Hello? Is this the unemployment insurance office? (laughs) It is? Well, you can start making out a thin check for a fat boy. (laughs) Goodbye. And now, folks, for the remainder of this program, we will struggle along without the services of Mr. America, North, South, and Central.
5: (laughs)
6: So getting on with the show. Wait a minute, Jackson. Hold it a minute. You can't do that to Donzie.
3: Do I hear a voice from NBC?
4: <laughs>
3: Phil, did you say something? Certainly I
6: did What are you mad at Don for? You don't have to get sore Just because somebody else gets a laugh We've all got to make a buck, you know Well, Phil Well, we've got to look out for our future I ain't worried about myself I'm married to Alice But what about the rest of the gang? <laughs> Phil... You know, we'd all like to have a few luxuries, you know. I mean, let us live a little bit.
3: (laughs) Phil, as long as the rail is pure brass and they don't run out of olives, you're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Don... Yes, Jack? Believe me, Don, I don't care who gets the laughs on this show. It's just that I think it's time that the star is shown a little more respect by his subordinates. Subordinates? Yes, that's what you are You, Don, Mary, you're all subordinates Now let's get
6: up Hello,
7: Jack, hello, Phil
3: Hiya, sub
7: (laughs) Sub?
6: Yeah, Libby, ain't you heard? You're a subordinate
7: Subordinate?
6: To whom? To the little man who we only needed for four minutes last week
2: (laughs) That's to whom Now, kids, I'm sorry I started the whole thing So let's forget it Oh, Don... Oh, excuse me a minute, Jack. I'd like to say something to Mary. To me, Don? Yes, I want to congratulate you on being selected as one of the ten best-dressed women in America. Oh, yes, congratulations.
7: Well, thanks, boys.
2: I bet you were thrilled, weren't you, Mary?
7: Oh, I certainly was, Don. I thought it was quite an honor.
2: Hey, Liv, let me
6: get this straight. You were picked as one of the best-dressed women in America?
7: Uh Uh-huh.
6: On what Jackson pays you? How can you afford to dress like that?
7: My mother used to be a cigarette girl at Cyril's. (laughs)
3: She was not
7: She was too uh, <laughs> She was known as No Change Livingston <laughs> Oh,
6: well I apologize, Mary Hey, mm-hmm. Livia I just thought of something Do you know why Gypsy Rose Lee Didn't enter the Best Dressed Women Contest? No, why? Because she couldn't Bear to lose
7: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh, oh, Harris You may only be A subordinate But that joke alone Will run for four minutes <laughs>
3: It will if they don't open the window. (laughs) Now look, kids. Kids, tonight we have a very important sketch to do, so let's get on with it. Tonight we're gonna present our version of that famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer picture, Edward, my son. Now in this sketch, pardon me, come in. Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, Mel Blank. Hello, Mel. What can I do for you?
8: Well, I just dropped in to see if you had a part for me on your program today. Oh, I'm sorry,
3: Mel. I don't need any extra actors today.
8: Oh, but I can make the listeners think you've got a lot of stars on a program. I can imitate Humphrey Bogart, Clark Gable, Edward G. Robinson, and Al Jolson. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mel, believe me. Believe me, I don't need an extra actor today, I'm sorry
8: Okay, but gee, I don't know what to tell my wife and five daughters You have five daughters? I also imitate Eddie Cantor (laughs) Oh, get out of
3: here Now, let's see, where was I? Oh, yes, in our sketch, I'll do the part that was played by Spencer Tracy And Deborah Carr's part will be played by you, Mary and oh, wait a
7: minute, Jack Why don't you give Mel Blanc a job? He won't charge you much
3: Mary, look
7: Well, you told me yesterday You had a part for a Western Union boy Look at
3: I filled that already Now, Dennis Dennis will play the part of Edward, my son And Don Oh, Jack, before we go any further Don't you think we ought to do the commercial? Oh, yes, you're right, Don L-S-M-F-T Now, let's get on with the show Wait
4: so... a minute, Jack
2: <laughs> Wait a minute You can't say L-S-M-F-T And call that a commercial I've got the Sportsman Quartet here, and they're all prepared. They've prepared a wonderful song, April Showers. April Showers in September? Don, that's not appropriate. That doesn't fit our program at all. Ah, Jack, don't let that bother you. The boys can give you anything you want on the spur of the moment. They can ad-lib. What would you like? Well, we should have something to fit in with our show. Like tonight, for instance, we're going to do Edward, my son. Edward, my son? Well, that's simple. Come on, fellas. Give him something on Edward, my son.
9: Charlie, my boy, oh, Charlie, my boy, he'll thrill you with shivers of joy. Boy, that
6: song
3: is too old. He is the kind of, sort of Charlie, my boy. Look, I don't want that. That I want Edward, my son. Charlie, my boy. Edward, my son. Edward, my son, oh, Edward, my son.
8: We'll change it, arrange it, and here's how it's done. Instead of Charlie, 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 my boy, we'll make it Edward, 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 my son.
6: We want to please you, it's all in fun. Boy, what about the commercial? Oh, Edward, my son. Commercial! Lucky's pay more, yes, Lucky's pay more. So try em, just buy em at your favorite store. You'll find that Lucky strikes a great cigarette. It's made of fine tobacco, best you can get. You know that Lucky's pay more, yes, Lucky's pay more. So round and so firm and so free on the drawer. Drawer. For deep, deep, broken <laughs> pleasure and for real fun. You said it. Just try a lucky strike, you'll say that's the one. Ask Charlie, my boy,
4: or Edward, my son. Who? Edward, Edward, my son.
3: Don, that was simply wonderful, amazing I mean, what other quartet could have taken a song like Charlie, my boy And switched it completely to Edward, my son? Get <laughs> Now get him out of here, will you? Okay, you better sit down, boys mm-hmm. And they can cut that out, too That hasn't gotten a laugh in three years <laughs> Now come on, kids, let's get out Excuse me Come in
1: Yes? Telegram for Jack Benny. <laughs> right here, boy.
7: Boy? Jack, that's Rochester. Why is he wearing a Western Union outfit?
3: Uh, never mind, Mary. I'll take the telegram, boy.
9: Here you are, sir.
3: Uh, you can go now.
7: Wait a minute, Jack. So that's why you wouldn't hire Mel Blank for the messenger, boy. You made Rochester do it.
3: Rochester, you can go.
6: If that ain't the silliest thing I ever heard making Rochester an (laughs) actor...
9: Rochester an actor. I wouldn't laugh so much if I were you, Mr. Harris. What do you mean? As soon as I learn all the lyrics That's What I Like About the South, you're a one-show man.
3: Rochester, go already. All right, boss. Goodbye. Goodbye.
9: Oh, say, boss. What is it? After I drive you home from the studio, can I borrow your car and have the rest of the evening off? I, uh... (laughs) I I got a date with my new girlfriend, Susie.
3: Well, I guess so, Rochester, but be careful this time. The last time you drove up to Mulholland Drive with Susie, the car broke down. You were stuck up there for six hours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go on, Rochester And now, kids Getting back to our sketch Dennis will play The part of my son Where is that kid? Dennis!
10: Oh, here I am, Mr. Benny Behind the piano
3: Well, come on out here
10: I can't Why not? Before the show I was playing poker With the musicians And I lost my pants Stop
3: being silly And come out here
10: Okay
3: Imagine such a Dennis, why do you Make up things like Playing poker with musicians And losing your pants? You're wearing pants
10: I know, but they're not mine Sammy the drummer lent them to me
3: But he's such a big fella How come his pants are so tight on you?
10: The piano player lost too. He's in here with me Now cut that out
3: You know, Dennis I can't understand what makes you act so silly
10: Well, that's not my fault My mother dropped me on my head When she was burping me Oh, when you were a baby? No, last night
3: That does it Now, look, Dennis, don't say another word, will you? Do it for me. Don't say... Just sing your song. That's all... Hold it a minute, kid. Come in. Yes?
9: Special delivery letter for Jack Benny.
3: I'll take it, mailman. Thanks. (laughs) Now, Dennis, I'll read this letter, and you can sing your... Dennis, why do you look so puzzled?
10: That mailman was dressed in a Western Union outfit.
3: I know, never mind.
10: And he looks exactly like Rochester.
3: I know, Dennis, I know. He
10: talked like Rochester, too. I know, I know. Gee, that Mel Blanc can imitate anybody.
3: <laughs> Go ahead and sing your song, will you?
11: send some roses too well I don't want a room full of roses I just want my
3: sung by Dennis Day. Very good, Dennis.
8: Yeah, that was swell. Mel,
3: haven't you gone home yet?
8: No, I'm waiting around to see if you've got a part for me in your play.
3: I told you I have nothing. All the parts have been cast. Now go away and leave me alone.
8: Gee, I don't know what to tell my wife and four daughters. I thought you had five daughters. I played poker with the musicians. (laughs)
3: Oh. Well, all right, Mel. Look, Mel Blank, look, there's a small bit in my sketch. You can play the part of Harry Simpkins, my business partner. Now, go ahead, Don. Introduce the play.
2: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, our version of Metra Goldwyn Mayer's sensational film success, based on that great English play, Edward, my son.
3: I am Lord Spencer Bolt, industrialist, financier, banker. I number among my friends kings, princes, and diplomats. I travel in the most select social circles. No man in all England wields more power than I. Yet, with it all, I'm just a good-natured (laughs) slob. The career that I carved, the fortune I built, everything I did, Is a
7: Look at Edward, he's only a year old and he has a full set of teeth
3: So that's where they are, I've been looking all over for <laughs> Hello Edward, how does daddy's baby feel on his first birthday? The gloop gloop
7: Isn't he cute?
3: Yes, Deborah, but I wish his head didn't come to such a sharp point
7: Well, at least it saves us the price of a babysitter when we go out at night, we just stick them in the wall.
3: Quite ingenious, rather. Uh, gloop, gloop, gloop. Deborah, why is the baby's diaper so tight?
7: There's a piano player in there with him. Oh yes. Oh, there's someone at the door. Well,
3: oh, that must be Harry Simpkins, my new partner. I spoke to you about.
7: Isn't he the man who was sentenced to hang for murder and was pardoned three minutes after the trap was sprung?
3: Yes, but don't say anything about his long neck. He's sensitive.
7: Oh, I shan't.
3: You shan't, and don't, rem- and don't mention, don't mention the, uh, don't mention the eleven prison terms he served for robbery. Come in. Don't stand there in the fog.
7: <laughs> hello, Spencer.
3: Hello, uh, hello.
8: This is my wife.
7: <laughs>
8: this is my wife, Deborah.
7: Hello, Harry. So nice of you to come over for Edward's birthday.
8: I wanted to get a bottle of champagne to celebrate, but the liquor store was open.
7: <laughs> mm.
8: <laughs> That's hardly cricket.
4: Quite.
3: You may think it strange that I would go into partnership with a criminal, but during the next few years, Harry and I made lots of money and we were able to pass most of it without getting caught. <laughs> And then one day I tipped off Scotland Yard about Harry and they came and took him to jail. I know I was a rat, but in that way I got rid of Harry Simpkins and Mel Blank at the same (laughs) time. (laughs) And I did it all for Edward, my son. I soon became rich due to some shrewd business deals, well-placed investments, and a short hitch as a cigarette girl at Ciro's. (laughs) Eventually, I was made
7: Sir Spencer Bold,
3: and it was a happy little group that gathered to celebrate Edward's fifth birthday. There, Deborah, five candles. Isn't that a beautiful birthday cake?
7: Yeah, but it's five years old. We're rich now. Can't we afford a new cake?
3: No, we can't.
7: Why can't we?
3: Because we can't. That's why we can't. (laughs) Why spend money foolishly?
4: <laughs> spend
3: money really foolishly. I'm saving every penny I make for Edward. By the way, Deborah, where is the little blighter?
7: There he is in his crib.
3: He shouldn't be in his crib. Today is his fifth birthday. Come to Daddy, Edward.
7: Coochie-coochie-coo. coo Coochie-coo.
3: Say Daddy, Edward. Say Daddy. The uh, gloop. He said Daddy. <laughs> he said Daddy. <laughs> now say Daddy again. The uh, gloop. There. There, he said it again. He said it again. By the time he's ten, he'll be talking.
7: Not unless you buy him Edgar Bergen.
3: I tried to buy him Edgar Bergen, but CBS beat me to it. (laughs) Several years later, I was given the title of Lord Bold. I was proud of the title because it would be inherited by Edward, my son. I said, by Edward, my son Mm, They must be playing poker again Anyway, by now, my son was 14 years old Deborah and I were proud parents As we watched him count the candles on his birthday cake
7: Come on, Edward, count the candles on your cake Uh,
10: uh, uh Count on your
3: fingers, Edward, it'll be easier One,
10: two, three, uh, four uh, uh... Five. Five.
3: Go ahead, son.
10: Five, six, seven, eight... Bully. Bully. Ten. 11.
3: Bully. No, 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 Edward. Nine, ten, eleven.
10: Nine, ten, eleven, twelve.
3: Now, go on, go on, keep counting.
10: I can't, that's all the fingers I've got. <laughs>
7: Well, take off your shoes. You're loaded down there.
4: (laughs) He took off his shoes,
3: and toes ran in all
4: directions. (laughs) He looked like he was standing in two plates of spaghetti.
3: Oh, Deborah, this is Edward's 14th birthday. Don't you think it's time we sent him to school?
7: Well, I'm not sure.
3: Perhaps we should consult his nurse. I'll call her and see what she thinks. Oh, Constance. Constance.
9: Here I am, your lordship.
7: Uh, Spencer.
3: What is it, Deborah?
7: We're so rich now, don't you think we'd get the nurse a white dress instead of the Western Union outfit? Later
3: Now, Constance, I wanted to ask you if you think Edward is ready to start school.
9: Well, I don't know, your lordship. You see, he can't take care of himself. I still have to give him his bath every day. Which
7: reminds me, Constance, is it true that last night, when you were giving Edward a bath, you held his head under the water 10 times? Yeah.
9: <laughs> you
7: That's make, I know, Jack, I made was. a mistake. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may go, Constance, better luck next time. <laughs>
6: Better
3: luck to you. Now, Edward, we're thinking of putting you in school.
10: Well, if I go to school, can I take my frog along?
3: Yes, yes, you can take your frog. The next day, we went to school. We took the entrance examinations. Edward didn't pass, but the frog did. (laughs) But that didn't stop me. I bought the school, grabbed Edward by the head, and stuck him in the second grade. (laughs) With Edward in school, my incentive to work was greater than ever. I made millions and millions. I had to. My wife was one of the ten best dressed women in England. I <laughs> even gave her a charge account at Eastern Columbia Piccadilly at night. <laughs> Three years went by. And it was lonely for me and Deborah. With Edward in school, it wasn't quite the same.
7: Spencer, with Edward in school, it isn't quite the same.
3: I just said that.
7: I thought I heard it.
3: You'll hear it again at nine thirty. <laughs> But, Deborah, you can't imagine how much I've missed my boy since he's been away.
7: Sometimes I... Oh, there's someone at the door.
10: I'll get it.
3: Wonder who it is.
10: It's me, Edward, my son. (laughs) Edward. Edward, it's you. It's you, my boy.
3: The apple of my mind. The pride of my life. The one I've dedicated my whole existence to. I've worked, struggled, and fought my way to the top so that you can have the better things of life. And now, now you've come back to me. You've come back to me.
4: I didn't have much on last week's show, but this week I'm loaded.
10: (laughs) Edward, what are you doing home from school? I had to come home, Mother. I missed you and Gloop.
3: (laughs) He never did learn how to say daddy.
7: Come in, Edward. Edward. Make yourself comfortable Take off your hat and coat
3: We couldn't ask him To take off his shoes We were living In a smaller place (laughs) But we were happy Because with us Back again Was Edward My son (laughs) And so Edward Grew to young manhood Nothing could stop him But then Then came the war First the men were drafted Then the women Finally, they took Edward. <laughs> it was terrible knowing that any day might be his lost, but there was no time for sentiment. And then it happened. A man from the War Department came to our house. We could tell by the look on his face that something terrible had happened to Edward. He was grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> he looked at me and
5: said, Eh, hey, Lord Bold? Yes? Are you the father of Edward, my son? Yes, I am. It's my unpleasant duty to inform you that your son... Never mind that. How did it happen? Uh, We're not quite clear on the details, sir. All we know is that Edward bailed out. Bailed out? What happened to his plane? Oh, he wasn't in a plane. He was in a submarine. (laughs) I understand. You do? Quite.
3: So my son Edward was drowned. Yes, but we saved the piano
5: player. (laughs) Good,
3: good. Well, that's my story. I'm an old man now, and all I have left is an old wife and an old piano player.
4: <laughs>
3: but there's one thing I know. I, Lord Spencer Bolt, will always treasure the memory of...
8: Edward, my son, oh, Edward, my son, we changed it, arranged it, and now that it's done... He was so cute as never a car. But Spencer Tracy showed up Benny by far. What can you expect from a four-minute star? Oh, Edward my son!
1: Jack, we'll be back in just a minute. But first, Lucky's Pay More. Yes, at the tobacco auctions, luckies pay millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. Let's imagine we're at a tobacco auction. Look, there's aisle upon aisle lined with baskets of tobacco ready for sale. And now, at this moment, the bidding begins. The chant of the auctioneer rings to the rafters. And as a basket of particularly fine, light, mellow leaf comes up for sale, the price climbs higher and higher. And now, at the peak bid... And another basket of fine tobacco goes to the makers of Lucky Strike. Yes, luckies pay more. Millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. LS MFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine tobacco that's light and naturally mild that gives you more, far more, real deep-down smoking enjoyment. So light up a lucky. Prove to yourself how much finer, milder, more enjoyable luckies really are. You'll agree, in all the world, there's no finer cigarette than Lucky Strike. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll
3: tune in again next Sunday as we're going to have a special program with special guests, including Amos and Andy, Red Skelton, and Edgar Bergen. And let me see. What else? Oh, Gloop, Gloop. Huh?
10: Tell him, tell him.
3: Oh, yes. Don't forget to listen to Edward, my son, in a day in the life of Dennis Day.
2: (laughs) Good night, folks. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mother's Day is almost here.
1: The Jack Benny program presented by Lucky Strike.
12: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lucky's pay more. Yes at the tobacco auctions, Lucky's pay more. Millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. No doubt about it. LS MFT, LS MFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Imagine you're at a tobacco auction. The buyers crowd around the baskets of ripe, fine-flavored leaf. The auctioneer chants and the bidding begins. As a basket of extra fine, light, mild leaf is offered for sale, as the price climbs higher and higher, at the peak bid, time and again, you hear... And another basket of truly fine tobacco is bought by the makers of Lucky Strike. Yes, luckies pay more, millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. So for more real, deep-down smoking enjoyment from every puff, every pack, Smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Prove to yourself how much finer, milder, more enjoyable Luckies really are. You'll agree, in all the world, there's no finer cigarette than Lucky Strike.
2: The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Iris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back an hour. Jack and Mary are on their way to the studio, and Rochester is driving.
7: Gosh, it's certainly a warm day, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. You know, it was hot yesterday, too, and Friday the temperature reached 105.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
7: Say, Jack, wasn't it thrilling that the Hollywood baseball team won the Pacific Coast pennant this year? Uh-huh. And the National League pennant race is tighter than it's been in years. Yeah. For heaven's sake, Jack, put down that knitting and talk to me.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry, Mary, I'm trying to finish these socks for Phil. It's only 90 days till Christmas, you know.
7: Jack, Phil has been with you 12 years and you're giving him socks for a present?
3: They
9: ain't no present, Mr. Harris ordered them.
4: That's right.
3: (laughs) You know, Mary, it is warm today. I wonder if we could try... Rochester, how'd you know I wanted the top down?
9: I didn't. We just went under a low tree. What? Who needs push buttons?
3: Well, leave it. It's nice this way. (laughs) And, Rochester, you better slow down.
9: I can't, boss. We haven't got any brakes.
7: No brakes? What do you do when you come to a railroad crossing?
9: We get out and pick up coal. <laughs>
3: Rochester.
9: Those diesels are ruining us. <laughs>
3: Rochester, don't be funny. Just drive. Say, Mary, do you think. Rochester, you're not making a turn. Why have you got your hand out?
9: I'm feeling for the studio. You're.
3: you're feeling for the studio? Yeah, and,
9: and it's smog We'll never see it. <laughs>
3: I know what you mean. Say, Mary, I was just thinking of something. It's been a long time since you sang a song on the program. How about doing one today?
7: Oh, not today, Jack. I was at the Navy-USC football game yesterday, and I cheered so much, I'm hoarse.
3: Oh. Well, we won't have the sportsman quartet there at the Orpheum Theater this week.
9: Boss, if you want more music on the program, why don't you play your violin?
3: I think I will. I just put four new strings on it. You did? Yes. You'll hear them all on CBS this
7: fall. (laughs) I can hardly wait. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, Rochester. (laughs) Rochester, we're only a block from the studio. You better start looking for a parking space.
3: Look for a space? Are you kidding, Mary? Rochester, drive it right into the studio lot. Mr. Paley, the head of CBS, assigned a reserved parking space especially for me.
7: Gee, they sure treat you nice, don't they, Jack?
3: Mary, all the networks are nice. And it's about time people realize that there's no animosity between them.
7: There isn't?
3: Of course not. Now, take CBS. They even put Johnson's wax on the floors.
7: <laughs> Jack, CBS didn't put it there. So many stars have come over, they've tracked it in on their heads. On their heads.
3: On their shoes. <laughs> they must be acrobats coming out. We got acrobats now walk in on their
7: heads. (laughs)
3: Shoes.
7: So many stars come over, they tracked in... Oh, we don't have to
3: do it through it. Doesn't matter how it got there. The fact that it's not there proves that. (laughs) Rochester, here's the studio lot. Turn right in. My parking space is third on the left.
9: I know. (laughs)
3: Rochester, what did you stop here for?
9: There's another car in there. (laughs)
3: How do you like that? Imagine anyone leaving his car in mar- my parking space. What a nerve. <laughs> when I came to CBS, this space was assigned to me. And if anyone else thinks they can use it, they're crazy. Oh, boy, boy, who does that car belong to? Mr. Paley. Well, don't just stand there. Dust it off. <laughs>
4: dust it off. <laughs> Here. Come
7: on, Jack.
3: Just a minute. He's using Phil's socks. <laughs> Rochester, you don't have to wait for me. You can have the rest of the day off.
9: Thanks. Say, boss, I'm going out tonight. Would you mind giving me my salary today instead of tomorrow?
3: Yes, I can do that. As a matter of fact, Rochester, I have your pay already. Here's your envelope. Thanks. Now, come on, Mary. Let's hurry into oh, the. Say, boss. What is it,
4: Rochester?
9: You always pay me in dollars. How come it's pounds this week? <laughs>
3: I'll explain it to you later.
4: <laughs>
3: Come on, Mary.
7: Oh, brother, you don't miss a trick, do you?
3: Never mind. Just walk in on your head.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Come on, Mary. We got to get in the studio. I feel good today. Again. This couldn't happen again. da 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 Oh, darn it. I forgot to get my violin out of my car.
7: Again, I hope it happens
3: again. (laughs) It's not funny. Now, let's go in.
8: Hello, Mr. Benny. I've been waiting for you. Oh, Mel Blank, waiting for me? Yeah, you got a part that I can do on your show today? Mel, I gave you a part on my show last week. Yeah, but I didn't get a chance to do my imitations. I imitate Mickey Rooney, Lionel Barrymore, and Al Jolson.
4: (laughs)
3: Look, there's no room on my program for imitations of Mickey Rooney, Lionel Barrymore, or Al Jolson. Nah.
4: Now cut that off. <laughs> now
3: look, Mel. When I have a part for you, I'll let you know. Come on, on. Come on in, Mary. On your head. <laughs> guys, that guy's been—that Mel Blank is such a pest. Well, here's my dressing room.
7: Jack, the door is open.
3: Open? I wonder. Well, what do you know? I've got a visitor. Edgar Bergen.
7: Hello, Edgar.
13: Hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. <laughs> well, Edgar, welcome to CBS. Well, thank you. You know, you know, I, I don't do my first program until next Sunday night.
3: Oh, still rehearsing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already started my season. I did my first show on the 11th. Did you hear it? Uh, no, no. But on the 12th, CBS
13: sent for me. Uh... <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, uh, Bergen, Bergen, Bergen. Will you get me out of this football uniform? USC doesn't need me anymore. No, I see. <laughs> no. I'll move them down. Yes, I know you will. Charlie, we've got company now. Oh, have we? Hello, Charlie. Well, you beautiful doll, you... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pucker up your lips, I'm coming in for a landing. <laughs> Charlie, you should be ashamed of yourself. Such disgraceful behavior, kissing Miss Livingston before you've been properly introduced. I'm sorry. When a gentleman meets a lady, first he should tip his hat. Uh-huh. And then says, how do you do? Then he should inquire as to her well-being. And then he should gently take her hand and respectfully bow from the waist. Durgan, Durgan, those are the kind of details that slow down a man's life. That... <laughs> oh. Come to my arms, you luscious little hunger. All right, Charlie, please, please. <laughs> now, don't be so rude. There's someone else here. Yeah? Yes, that's Mr. Benny. Uh, hello, Charlie. Welcome to CBS. Shay. Put it away, bub. <laughs> I'll pick my friends. <laughs> what? Uh, you can stop... <laughs> you can stop fluttering those big blue eyes, too. They don't do a thing to me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, where were we, Mary? Oh, yes, you luscious little tomato. Let me put my arms around oh, you. Oh, no, and... no,
7: no, Charlie, please don't uh, kiss me again. When your late lips meet my my. I... Blood goes to my head, a cold iciness Uh goes to my feet, and a wild wave of emotion rushes to my fingertips.
13: (laughs) I got this dame going in all directions. (laughs) Mary,
3: Mary, stop teasing him. You're blistering his enamel. (laughs) Well, Edgar, Edgar, if you don't mind, I got a lot of things to do now. Well... Uh, thanks, Jack, for dropping into my dressing room. No, no, Edgar. This is my dressing room. No, no. This was your dressing room. <laughs> what do you mean, was? This is my dressing room. When I came over here, Mr.
13: Paley gave it to me. I'm sorry, Jack, but they've switched you to dressing room four. All my things are here, and they're going to stay here. Well, I'll throw them out. You lay one hand on those clothes. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Boys, yeah. boys. Let them fight, Livy. Let them fight. The most they can do is lean on each other. Oh. <laughs>
3: As for you, Edgar Bergen, if you think you're going to use this dressing room, there's only one thing I can say to you. I'll dress somewhere else. <laughs> goodbye. I thought he put one over on me there. Dressing room four. It's all the way down the uh, hall. Jack,
7: here comes Dennis.
3: Oh. Oh, hello, Dennis.
10: I've come to say goodbye. I've been drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Drafted? Don't stand there. Salute me.
7: <laughs> what? Uh, Dennis, do you mean... No, no, that... Mary,
3: Mary, you stay out of this. Let me handle him. Now, Dennis, look at me. I just want to ask you one thing. The war has been over four years now. How
10: come you got a draft notice? I want it on a quiz program.
7: <laughs> a quiz program?
10: Yeah, I got a bicycle, a refrigerator, and two glorious years in the Army. <laughs>
7: Mary, Mary,
3: I begged you to stay out of it. Now, Dennis, forget this silly talk and get into the studio.
10: Oh, I can't. I got to report to my regiment. We're being sent overseas. Uh, you mean Mary,
3: that I... you won't listen to me, will you? Now, for your own good, let me ask him. I'm gray anyway.
4: <laughs>
3: you and your regiment are going to be sent overseas, huh, Dennis? Uh-huh. To Germany to take over supplies? No, to Stromboli to bring back Ingrid. Dennis! <laughs> Stop talking and rehearse your song. Okay. Come on, Mary. Oh, Mr. Benny. What is it? Good yonteth. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. see, where's that dressing room they changed me to?
7: Oh, here it is, Jack, right here, number four.
3: Oh, yes. Say, look at that, Mary. They put two stars on the door. I guess
5: they're trying to make me feel
3: good. (laughs) Let's
5: go in. Uh, Hello there, Mrs. Benny.
3: Well, hello, Mrs. Benny. Amos and (laughs) Andy.
7: Hello, boys. Hello,
1: Miss Livingston. Excuse us for being
5: in our bathrobes. Yeah, we is pressing our pants under the mattress. (laughs) Well, fellas, it seems you could have done that in your own dressing room.
1: This is our dressing room. Uh, Yeah, sir. This dressing room here was given to us by the head man of this network. And he say if anybody comes in and gives us trouble, that we should very gently uh, throw him out.
9: That's what he
5: said. Yeah.
1: And...
3: (laughs) On his head or on his shoes? Well,
5: he, he, he told us one thing. He, he requested that we keep the bouncers down to a minimum, anyway.
3: Well, fellas, nobody's going to start any trouble. Obviously, there's been a mistake. Anyway, you don't do your opening program until next
5: Sunday. What are you doing here so early? Well, we don't like to leave things to the last minute, so we down here at the studio to test the acoustics.
1: The acoustics? Oh, uh, yeah, so you see your voice comes out your mouth, it hits the side wall, hits the back wall, then it hits the other side wall and comes right back to you.
5: Yeah, that's what's known as a three-cushion shot.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: I still can't understand them giving you my dressing room. Anyway, I'll take it up with Mr. Tate Paley. Come on, Mary.
5: <laughs> Say, Amos, uh, Mr. Benny was a little upset because we got in this dressing room,
1: huh? Yeah, well, that ain't what's bothering him. He's upset because the day they stopped daylight saving time. Well, what's that got to do with him? When they start any kind of saving, Mr. Bennett takes it personal.
5: Yeah, you're right. That man is closer than the pupils on a cross-eyed flea.
1: <laughs> well, see, Andy, that's pretty good.
5: Oh, yeah. Lift up the mattress and see if the crease in our pants is as sharp as we are.
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh,
5: pardon me, boys. I left my hat in here. Oh, yes, sir. Here you will. Uh, thanks,
3: Andy. So long, Amos. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand why I'm being pushed around here. They take my
2: parking space, my dressing room. What next? Oh, Are... Jack, Jack. Oh, hello, Don. Oh, Jack, I've been looking all over for you. Boy, am I excited. Why, now? What happened? Well, you know how hard I've been trying to reduce... Yes. Well, I finally made it. I'm down to 165.
3: <laughs> down to 165? How did
2: that happen? I weighed myself on an English scale and they cut the pound in half. <laughs>
3: If you're going to tell jokes, why don't you get one that we can use on the program? Jack, I thought it was very funny. Don, I'm not questioning the value of that little gem.
4: <laughs> it has
3: its points.
2: I mean, it's not only topical, but it stinks.
4: <laughs>
2: Believe me. Well, then listen, Jack, I've got another joke that'll kill the audience. It's so funny that... No, no, I'm afraid it's a trifle daring. Daring? You mean a little risque? What is it, Don? What is it? You can tell me we're out here anyway. What is it? Huh? Well, come on, let's get away from this crowd. Don, that's you. <laughs>
10: what,
2: what, what, what's the joke, Don? What is it? Well, uh, the way it was told to me. Uh-huh. It seems that a traveling salesman's car broke down and right in front of a farmer's house. Yes, 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 yes. Now, yes. this farmer had a beautiful daughter. Yeah,
13: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: So the salesman knocked on the door, and when the farmer opened it, he told him that his car broke down and that he was a salesman. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So the farmer's daughter who uh-huh. was standing there said, a salesman, and he said, yes, I sell Lucky Strike cigarettes that are made of that fine, that light, naturally fine tobacco. And Lucky Strike... I know, pro- Don, I know, I know. Oh, you heard the story. No, 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 look at
3: I know that Lucky Strike pays more than the official parody price, but what about the salesman and the farmer's daughter?
2: Well, just then, get this, just then the phone rang. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And when, when the farmer room to answer it, yeah. the salesman walked over to the farmer's daughter and said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd he say? What'd he say? What'd he say? We
3: <laughs> I mean, were alone in it.
2: what he say? I've been smoking Lucky Strikes for now 25 years. Because they're so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. And then... Yes, yes, and then... The daughter was so happy, she fixed the salesman's car and he drove away. <laughs> Don, Don, that's the story? Well, that's not the original version. I told it to the sponsor, and he switched it all around. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jack,
6: Jack, I thought you didn't like the story. I just remembered the original one.
3: <laughs> no wonder the sponsor changed it. It was about lifesavers.
4: <laughs> See
3: you later, Don I'd tear up his contract, but it wasn't tattooed on his back.
7: Jack, where have you been?
3: I just left Don Wilson. He told me a wonderful story. What was it? Oh, I couldn't tell it to you, Mary. But it's so good, it would be worth your marrying me just to hear it.
8: <laughs> Come
3: on, let's go. Mary, look at when we...
8: Hey, how about it, Mr. Benny? Can't you find a part for me on your program?
3: Mel, will you stop following me around and go home?
8: Some home. My wife is never there. She's always out playing bridge. Bridge? Yeah, she plays with Mrs. Bob Hope, Mrs. Ray Moland, and Mrs. Al Jolson. Nah. <laughs>
3: Mel, will you please go away and leave me alone? Come on, Mary, let's get into our studio. I wish Mel would stop bothering me. Well, look who's here.
12: Hi, Jack. Red Skelton. into everybody today. How have you been, Red? Oh, fine, Jack. Gee, I haven't seen you since that night at Claudette Colbert's party. Oh, yes, what a party. (laughs) You know, Red, I haven't danced that much in all my life. Yeah, imagine Claudette trying to cut in on us.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
3: waltzed into that (laughs) Look, Red, I know you have to rehearse for your opening program next Sunday, but don't use... Oh,
7: Jack, wait a minute. Red, aren't you going to say hello to me? Well, D, dee D. D.
3: <laughs> look, Red. Red, if you don't mind.
12: Well, I'll but... be with you in a minute, Jack. I want to run through a scene. Look, Red, if you don't mind, All I... All right,
13: Mr. Skelton, let's run through that western scene.
12: Oh, yeah, well, I'm ready, okay. Ready, ready. Come here, you vomit. This is Eye. you're messing with. Are you the dirty hombre that's been stealing the cattle from Pappy's ranch? Yeah,
4: look, Red. Are you the hombre
12: that broke into my house and stole the pigs right out of my living room? Yeah. You the I same hombre and... that blew the steel right out of Grandpa's mouth? Yeah. Well, we're both going to fight a duel. I'll count three and we'll both draw. You ready? Ready. One, two, oh, three. Three. <laughs> three. That. They fall for it on this network, too.
7: <laughs> That's pretty good, eh, Jack? Yeah. I thought it was very exciting.
3: Say, wait a minute, Red. Yeah. Red, that actor you shot. Why doesn't he get up?
7: Oh, well, we use real
12: bullets. <laughs> see, we don't believe in fooling the audience, you know. Okay, Joe, sweep him out with you.
4: Red, Red, you
12: you really shoot the actor? Well, you see, once I didn't, I had to paint. Oh. <laughs> Hey Joe, should we run through that scene again? We ain't got no more actors. You shot four of them already.
3: Red? Mm -hmm. Red, you mean every time you go through that scene, you shoot an actor? Sure.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Mel!
13: Mel! Jack, you wouldn't dare.
3: I wouldn't, eh? Lucky's not around.
13: Yeah.
12: Okay, now this time let's. What? Ooh. Red, Ooh. how'd you happen to slip? Well, you see, I just came over and I still got wax on my head. <laughs>
3: All your characters Now how about Getting out of my studio So I can do my broadcast
12: (laughs) Your studio Didn't they tell you Tell me what Well you've been moved To the widow studio Down the
3: hall (laughs) The widow
4: studio How do
3: you like that? First they take my parking space, then my dressing room, now my studio. If they think they can kick me around, they got another thing oh, coming. Oh,
7: don't stand around here grumbling. You better back, hurry to the Willow studio. It's yeah. time for your show to go on the air. Oh,
3: it is, eh? Time for me to go on the air. Uh, well, I'll fix them. Let them start the show.
7: Jack, look what time I it is. I know
3: what time it is, but I'm going to teach them a lesson. Mary, there's a radio. Turn on. Let's see how they're going to get along without me.
7: Okay.
2: And now here he is, the star of the Lucky
12: Strike program, Mel Blank! Mel Blank! Oh ducks! Yes. I'm going home and finish Phil's song. Mac will be back in just a moment. But first sixty bulletin's <laughs>
1: When you hear that famous chant, remember, Luckies pay more, millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. LS MFT. L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, the independent tobacco experts can see giant baskets of fine tobacco one after another go to the makers of Lucky Strike. Here's what Mr. Al Rogers, veteran auctioneer of Robertsonville, North Carolina, recently said. I think you'll agree that an auctioneer like myself ought to know good tobacco. And year after year, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike by fine, prime, ripe leaf. That's just right from mild, good smoking. I've smoked Lucky's for ten years. And a recent survey reveals that more independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. So for your own real deep-down smoking enjoyment, smoke the smoke tobacco expert smoke Lucky Strike. Remember to give you a truly finer cigarette. Lucky's pay millions of dollars more than official parity prices for fine tobacco. Good reason to make your next carton Lucky Strike.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Amos and Andy, Edgar Bergen, or Red Skelton for being with us tonight. And you'll hear them all on CBS next Sunday. Good night, folks.
2: Be sure to hear a day in the life of Dennis Day. This is CBS the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of golden age radio, when radio was king. Now, 1001 has three big radio shows, 1001 Radio Days for Variety, 1001 Radio Crime Solvers for Detective and Cop Shows, and 1001 Stories from Roy's Diner for Action, Suspense, Escape, and Sci-Fi. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days.
12: Rari yaddy 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 oh Pop up, pop 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 yaddy pop pop